Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Welcome to the Freak Scene podcast with me, Dave Travis, promoter, photographer, and friends of the stars, some of whom pop into the Brum Radio studios for a chat. If you want to listen to the whole show, which includes the music, then pop along to mixcloud.com forward slash Brum Radio. I'm Dave Travis, and you're listening to Brum Radio. And uh, my guest this week is legendary drummer Paul Appley. Hello. So uh, you've been uh, around many decades in, uh, in several bands, but I think you started off, as far as I'm aware, uh, forming the Prefects. Yeah, um, originally, um, myself and my brother Alan had a band at school called, called Odium, which uh, didn't last very long, and it was a bit of a sort of proto-punk thing, as in we were pretty hopeless. <laughs> and then we tried to form something more substantial, and we put adverts in the papers, got various people applying for a singer and bassist um, job, one of which was Frank Skinner, the comedian, one was uh, yeah, Rob not, Lloyd. Not his, real, not his real name. Yeah, Chris Collins, yeah. as he was at the time. Um, yeah. Rob Lloyd and uh, Nicky Sudden, who went on to his own fame. He, he applied to That's be the bassist. That's quite a good, quite uh, good line-up, really. That, that, that was the only three people who actually found. Yeah, Frank <laughs> so, could have done, uh, he could have done a support act, couldn't he, as, uh, as a comedian? Yeah, but he wasn't one at the time. He was, he was just a college kid. Yeah. But he wouldn't... Couldn't have it. We tried him out as a singer, and he was quite entertaining to hang around with, to go out drinking with and stuff. But yeah, because of being the, with the spirit of the times, you know, he wouldn't get his hair cut. So uh, no, he wasn't the one for us. You know, no. at the time. So he didn't play with you at all with the prefect. Not live. No, we, we did some rehearsals and wrote a few songs or tried to get a few songs together, but that was it. And then uh, we tried Rob Lloyd out. Kind of lost contact with him. Bumped into him again and. He hadn't got a band together. We hadn't got one together. So we thought, well, if no one else wants us, we better uh, get together and sort it out. So we and were born. As and, the, uh, and as they say, the rest is, is history. Yeah, history. A very long, yeah, long, long history. Because <laughs> yeah, we had, we had um, Robin um, and Fliss and Jim yeah. from the Night of Gales in last year. So uh, I think um, if you look on Wikipedia, the Night of Gales, have, I think, including the current line, have had 25 members. Uh, Rob thinks it's probably in the 30s. Yeah, but, well, uh, no idea after I left. No. Well, the Prefects <laughs> are an interesting band. I mean, I think Going Through the Motions is one of my all-time top ten uh, singles, really. But mm. you didn't you didn't release that while you were together, did you? No, it was, uh, well, didn't release anything while we were together. Didn't record anything, I think. That uh, came about because Prefects had done a couple of appeal sessions by then and because uh, John Peel was interested. And Jeff Travis has wanted to put a record out. And Uncle sent, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Prince of Softies. And uh, he uh, said, oh, yeah, I'll put a single out. And by then there was no band <laughs> to yeah. actually promote anything. But And that's kind of how the Nice Guys came about because the prefects had fizzled out. Yeah, There was still a few members hanging around. And I think we were just sort of hanging around. We were all living in the same house, me, Rob Lloyd, Joe Crow. Eamon Duffy was on the periphery. Blah, blah, just blah. like the Beatles used to. Yeah, like the Beatles, yeah. yeah. Only, uh, only with, with, with better haircuts. Yeah. I think. <laughs> and... Uh, so we uh, sort of no one else again. It was no one else wants us. So we better form a band. So uh, there we were, back again as a sort of improvisational blah blah blah. Rob wanted to be a bit more less punk rock and a bit more beef arty and all that. Well, I just wanted to play drums. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we kind of got this band together and prototype thing with me, Rob, Joe Crow, Eamon Duffy, and away we went. Yeah, a legendary lineup that is. Yeah, a legend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. for many reasons, which are probably best not to go into. Well, yeah, how long did uh, did that lineup last for? <laughs> probably about a year, I think. Yeah, we uh, 
uh, even did some recordings, which is very rough, but pretty good. I, I like that. I like that lineup. Personally. Yeah, it was a it was a good one. But then uh, I think Rob was deciding that uh, Joe was a bit of a liability, and Eamon was uh, potentially a liability. <laughs> <laughs> You know Eamon, you know I, Joe. I know Robert. Eamon and Joe, yeah, yeah lovely, and, uh, lovely people. Yeah, yeah. lovely yeah, people to go great, and have a drink great with. Great people, yeah. yeah. yeah but uh, anyway, so we... Talented musicians as well. Yeah, 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 great, great yeah. blokes, great musicians. But at, at the time, it was sort of, I don't know, Joe wanted to do his own thing, Eamon wanted to do who knows what. So we kind of reduced down to two-piece and then just me and Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a trombone from somewhere, so we all got was me on trombone and Rob singing, which is a bit... I didn't know you played trombone. Yeah, I'm in the MU, in Musicians' Union, as a drummer and trombonist. Wow. And, uh, I tell you what, I've, uh, all the years I've known you, and you learn something every yeah, day, don't you? Yeah. That's what I love about doing these shows. You get you get people yeah. in, and uh, there you go. Yeah, basically, I borrowed it, and I could get a noise out of it. Which, uh, yeah. Which, Fascinating. But I still I still used to get people found, you know, contacted from the Musicians' Union. Oh, we need a trombonist for the symphony orchestra. I'd pay to see that. I <laughs> go, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm busy that day kind of thing. But anyway, yeah. then we got that line up together with, um, who was it? Um, I can't remember now, Nick Beals, Sandy Lloyd, and Steve Hawkins. Yeah. And uh, we were sort of, it was a bit more organised then, I think, and a bit more uh, together with musically and, and that kind of stuff. And was it, I think Rough Trade just took a single out. I had the first single with the, with the original line up, um, Idiot Strength was a particularly good song. Yeah, another great track. Joe Crow song, I think. Yeah, and, uh, and then that was the first single. Then um, I think Rough Trade didn't want to take us up on any options or whatever. And, and was it Cherry Red who signed to? Yeah, Cherry Red. Yeah, like formative with um, Mike Allway was a, a feature in that. And uh, I think the original lineup. There, there's actually some footage of that used in an arena special about John Peel, which I'm surprised they didn't use when John Peel died. Cause yeah, it's a that's an arena special about John Peel. The interview. With the Crow, uh, Duffy era of Nightingales, and there's a couple of live things and shots of us rehearsing and all this kind of stuff. All oh, right, I know. No, I've not and, seen uh, that. Well, no, that was on an arena program. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I'm surprised. You... Yeah, when he when he died, I thought that well, we got a ready-made program there about John Peel. It was mm. a really interesting program in its way. But because uh, you did the most yeah. um, John Peel, you did 25 John yeah, Peel Rob, sessions. Rob, I think he's up there with I think Mark Smith from the Fall and uh, and Scottish. Poet characters, name escapes me. Oh, Ivor Cutler. Uh, Ivor Cutler, yeah. I think yeah. that they're the three who've done the most sessions with Rob with these various bands and incarnations. I, mean, I think I did eight altogether. Like that. No, I think they did more than that, I think. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. They were good earners, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, he was, uh, he was yeah. a big fan, wasn't he? Ivor Cutler's yeah. great as well, of course, yeah. The Fall. So, he's in good yeah. company there. Should we listen to another track? Yeah, go on then. Right, should, we, uh, should we have some T Rex? Why not? Tyrannosaurus Rex, I believe. Tyrannosaurus Rex, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sparks never turn you back on Mother Earth and before that uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex not yes. T-Rex so uh, yeah that's uh, considering you I mean it says that the prefects were the first punk band in Birmingham is that is that correct? we believe so yeah I couldn't think of anyone else the suburban studs were these sort of glam rocky older blokes who sort of got a bit bandwagon you know the old shop there and got the straight leg trousers kind of thing and I think they were alright nice bunch of blokes but we were the first sort of 17, 16 year olds sort of, to my knowledge, to form up and. and uh... Well, because I think that's it, because uh, I remember that uh, reading the NME, well, it'd be 75, because um, the Damned had the first punk single, didn't they? They yeah. beat uh, Sex yeah. Pistols to it. But, uh, but the NME, I remember, was saying that Eddie and the Hot 
Hot Rods were a were, were a punk band, but you yeah. know, I think they I think they they heard sort of you know rumors of what was going yeah. on, and they were just trying to find bands yeah. to uh, and vibrators. Who, at the time, yeah, I mean the, the Eddie and the Hot Rods. I mean they, the, again, they got the short hair and the, the mostly the, you know the straight leg trousers kind of thing, yeah. and, and there they were. But they, they were high energy, you know, fast, exciting kind of bands to see live and all that. Yeah. So they don't really. But, but I mean, I suppose punk was more. Um, I don't want to get philosophical yeah. here, but it was more more of sort of an attitude, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like an idea that you can do it yourself. You form a yeah. band. You you know you you know go well, and make, make of, the yeah, music. It's kind of what we did. Was, you know, we just me and Alan could play reasonably well. We got the ine- inevitable inept bassist who couldn't play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which seems to be de rigueur for punk. Bands. Yeah, well, like a vaguely decent guitarist, a drummer who could keep a beat, and a bassist who was hopeless. But well, so I just said, it's yeah. bass is just four <laughs> fat strings instead of six yeah. thin ones. That's why I yeah. chose it. So uh, yeah. obviously a lot, so, a lot easier. Yeah. So, uh, so why did you? Uh, so you a big Tyrannosaurus Rex fan then? Yeah, I mean, like I say, me and Alan, my brother, we were into Simicron and music and got into T-Rex early on and, and I kind of went back to, you know, the six, you know, followed them back through to Tyrannosaurus Rex and the only instrument I could afford at the time was a, a pair of bongos. So, I mean, Alan were like the the, uh, the uh, different Tyrannosaurus Rex of uh, Billsley King's Heath. You know? yeah, yeah. We were hopeless. We could, could, he, he, could, he could play and I could sort of whatever, but that's as far as it went and then somehow got a cheap old drum kit from somewhere and we, we went... Uh, yeah, much to the shock of our fans, you know, we went electric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sparks as well. They're they're a great band, yeah, aren't they? Brilliant band, yeah, excellent band. I mean, I saw them last last year. I think they were with Dan Digwith. They were at the, the Institute, weren't they? Possibly the best live band I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a lot. Of and you've seen a lot. I mean, no, yeah, you've seen a lot. You've years, played yeah. with a lot, haven't you? I mean, yeah. uh, was it with the was it with the Prefects? You played with the, were you on the Sex Pistols? No, we, we that's uh, like a clash. It was a clash White Rights, right, wasn't it? Too. We played a few gigs on that. Yeah, because. Um, the, pro- the promoters who were doing all the early punk gigs were uh, based in Birmingham called Endale and uh, they had offices uptown. Rob Lloyd bumped into them at gigs and somehow got to know them so he was our contact. So he would hang around at Endale offices and all that and there was some kind of, I think it was a joke really, they put us on this ridiculous bill uh, on the White Riot tour. There was the Clash, the Jam, the Buscocks, the Subway Set and the Slits were the band but the Slits didn't want to play the big seated venue in London so they withdrew to in some kind of punk protest which mm. I think was ridiculous and like Endale thought here we go get the Birmingham band on and there we were fifth on the bill this is where John Peel first saw us apparently he was at this rainbow gig saw us mm. was impressed with uh, us some, for some reason that's a classic gig though isn't it the, the yeah, white it, right talk of the rainbow legendary yeah. punk gigs ever and all that kind of stuff and there we were got paid 50 quid I think that's a lot of money <laughs> speaking as a promoter 50 pounds for the first song yeah. Yeah, wow, it was yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so we could you know, buy a car for that, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I still can, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, you still do. Yeah, yeah that's it. But uh, yeah, so we we sort of moved on to that, and then the Buzzcocks dropped out because they sat their bassist, and so Endal dragged us back on to do a few more gigs towards the end of the tour. So we were sort of, you know, we were sort of like blundering through the music industry without know what we do, but landing on our feet every time we turn around. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, that's uh, some bands are capable of doing that. I don't know, you must, uh, yeah. people must have liked you, I suppose. I it's Rob Lloyd was just, in, it's just easier just to say yes, to shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was kind of good to have on our side, but he was also a liability because we had all these kind of noble, oh, we don't want to make a record, and we're thinking, well, I do really, but yeah. it's like all that, oh, no, we, you know, just kind of, 
or whatever. But uh, we were kids; we didn't know what we were doing. No, no, that's it. <laughs> did you did you did you support the Sex Pistols? We were supposed to. Yeah, when they did that secret tour, they Spots, called the Spots Sex Pistols. At all. We, we were there, and we went in. Robert had a word with Malcolm McLaren. He was up for it, and we same checks. You know, I had a go on pork up drum kit, and we were all set up ready. And then because there was like mayhem, there was like people out. You know, coaches come from Manchester and all this loads of people places full of people outside and the general consensus between McLaren and the club owner and everything was if they hear a band come on they'll think it's the Pistols and all the sort of yeah. place so and basically the idea was it would be probably best if he didn't play so yeah. that, that one got knocked on the other obviously we got him free which is always a bonus yeah because and, uh, and, the place was absolutely rammed I, I managed to uh, being a nice safe place at the side of the side, so I could watch the band without without all this chaos and mayhem going on, which which it was, you know, John Rotten trying to incite. Well, there is quite there's quite a fake. <laughs> can you imagine? There's uh, there's quite a famous photograph, isn't it? With Sex Pistols on tour with uh, security at the front. Yeah. I think I think the uh, the legendary Jimmy DeCons down there in the, in yeah. the security, and you're oh, uh, in the corner of it, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. yeah with, so. with a, a girl a friend at the time. She uh, she works at the Dole office in in Dudley. And obviously, all the bouncers were signing on in Dudley. Yeah. They weren't supposed to be working, and so obviously they knew her, and they weren't going to upset her. So that's what me and her were kind of beyond this crowd of bouncers, and we just yeah, <laughs> it was quite you know, it's really great view, blah blah blah, and uh, everyone else was in this sort of absolute mayhem, and you know, this place was rammed, and which is like a far cry from a year earlier when like, we used to go to see the Sex Pistols, and we. 30 people there yeah. and you know, all this kind of stuff and like, yeah, that's... Thinking it was like within a year the thing had got, got so out of control you know the pump thing had spoiled out of control that mm. you know it was just mayhem all the time and, uh, yeah so do you, you, we did you did you hang out with them and become firm friends no nah, not really Sid was just threw me snare drum across the stage and I was like, yeah. oh, fed up with him yeah <laughs> yeah 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 oh, cool. it was a nice bloke Jones and that yeah I was all right with them all you know. yeah I think they kind of you know because we were the age they were all pretending to be, I think they kind of liked us. <laughs> yeah, we were all a bit younger than all, all the, that lot. So, but uh, yeah, so we were sort of like I say, just blundering about the, the, the music business or the punk scene, and uh, seemingly landing on our feet every time. Well, yeah. Well, Rob Lloyd's still he's, yeah, uh, he's still he's, blundering yeah, around, landing yeah. on his feet. Yeah, yeah, he's well, been. Yeah. He's had his his hand on that tiller for the uh, intervening forty years, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, I tell you, all this talk of uh, <clears throat> punk makes me uh, want to listen to uh, the Seekers. Yeah. So, uh, you a Secret Seekers fan? Yeah, I think they're great. I went to see them about four years ago. Doing this sort of farewell tour because they're all well old now, and it was fantastic. Her voice is just. I mean, for you know, an old woman, it's just perfect mm. and great. So, yeah, sure, that's not how she describes herself. But uh, mm, I think she would do. Yes. But you go to you go to a lot of gigs, don't you? Um, um, but you don't play the drums anymore, do you? Not no, I've kind bands. of retired from that. I've, I've uh, I don't know. I lost interest. I yeah, <laughs> it, I feel as though I'd done everything I wanted to do in the, in the music business. So I've done the records, radio, television, press, yeah. blah blah blah. I've done everything I wanted to do, I suppose. And yeah. Kind of lost interest in. in the, I, I like playing drums, yeah. but just all the nonsense that comes with the music business, which you, you're aware of. Yes, you know, the kind of hanging around, travelling, blah blah blah. Yeah, dealing it's with people of, like me. Yes, it's, yeah. it's grim, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a word for that. Well, I, I, I said I wouldn't swear. So, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's so kind of. Apart from I, I did a uh, appearance about a, a year ago and playing bongos. <laughs> yeah, who was that? Dermot Walker and. Um, 
Rob uh, Peters. It's that called Peters and Dog. Isn't it? Oh, Acoustic, I know. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. And jokingly, I said, oh, you know, if you want a bongo player, I'll, I'll give it a bash kind of thing because I've still got some bongos. And uh, so they called me bluff and said, all right, then we'll, we'll come along to Kitchen Garden Cafe. Uh, we're we're going to do... Um, well, set, and then we'll have you one of the uncles, a special guest, and he said, oh, we've got this special guest on. Everyone's thinking, who's this? Oh. <laughs> so I get up there, and uh, there's a tribute to my Tyrannosaurus Rex f- um, fandom or whatever. Uh, they both sat on the floor, cross-legged, mm-hmm. you know, a la Mark Boland, and I sat on the chair, and we played uh, some Beatles song, which name escapes me, uh, Things You Said Today, I believe. Oh. So there I was, which, you know, it's on YouTube if you want to find oh, it. All right, yeah, no, we'll do it. <laughs> so that yeah. was my last... The, the last time I played drums before that was 2003, I think. I played drums in a Ramones band. Didn't you? Uh, didn't someone play the drums for you one night? At least once, yeah. No, wasn't that uh, when you didn't? Were you supporting? Was it Marky Ramone? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, that was the last time I ever played a, yeah. a drum kit live. Yeah, we were uh, got this band together, me and a few mates, Ramone, just to play Ramones songs. And we wanted to just do one gig. And somehow we landed on this thing in Stourbridge of Marky Ramone doing this one-man show and he'd have a band on, do his waffle talking away and, and then he'd join the band and do some more songs with them. So we uh, turned up, said, yeah, we, um, we, we, here's our list of songs and his manager's going, oh, you can't do Ramone songs, you've got to do your own set. And we're going, well, we only exist. <laughs> and we'd arrange the PA, we'd arrange blah, 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 yeah. the, the back line. So we go, and he's going, no, you well, I'll tell you what, we put our PA in, blah, 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 and you ain't got a show. We, we either do Ramones songs or nothing, because you don't know anything else. So they relented, and we, we did... I mean, the place was full. Sam 69 was headlining, bizarre. All oh, right. But, um, so we, we came on stage, blasted into Rockaway Beach, and the place erupted. We just went down a storm, and... Uh, and well, there was no pressure with what well, it was a Ramones drummer, not 10 feet away yeah, from no. me, <laughs> yeah, watching yeah. me play. But yeah. uh, it was quite complimentary afterwards. And, yeah. and it was good. And then I got to sit around watching yeah. while, while them lot got to play with Ramone on drums for the second half of the set. And uh, yeah. again, that was a good earner, to say the least. But, yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and that was it. That was me last time ever playing drum kit. I, think, well, I remember. Because you used to play, uh, obviously it was a band that uh, we, we were both connected with, Box M Dommies, and yep. uh, you played drums with them, didn't you, for, for many years, yep. along with yeah. ex-members of the night. They, they seemed to attract <coughs> ex-members of the night, yeah, girls, didn't they? Yeah. For... At the time, it was when I joined, Eamon and Joe were, were in the band, so it was the three of us again. Yeah. And uh, a couple of other characters, Warren singing, uh, Dave Myers on guitar, and Madeline on violin, I think, mm. and then uh, it kind of changed a bit and morphed a bit and Pete Birchmore got involved. Your Marie, Marie, got, yeah, yeah. Got involved. She started playing key ring in 1992, and then got onto guitar and keyboards. And now, well, she's that band's still sort of going, really, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, it, it's it trans- way, yeah. yeah. Went into gorgeous, didn't it? And it now sort it's- of morphed a few times over the years. But when, when I was doing it, it was sort of. I mean, I just wanted to have a bit of fun and a bit of laughing, which is basically as you've seen us often enough. Yeah, to know that that was me sort of plan, and and they were a fun band to watch. I'd imagine on it. Didn't oh, see when I was in them, but no, I, no, no, I, I guess <laughs> no, no, you didn't see when you were in them. No, it would have been quite difficult, wouldn't it? But no, they were. Uh, there was a, a, many eventful gigs with yeah. uh, Box M Dummies. I think yeah. due to the volatile nature of some of the band members. Yeah, I think, yeah. It I was, think there was uh, never a dull moment, was there? No, I think uh, alcohol players played a slight part in some of the antics yes. that were going on. But yes, you know, that's nothing new in bands. But uh, 
No, it's no, very entertaining. It was a yeah. bystander. It was yeah. very entertaining. It, was it must have been even more entertaining if you were in the band, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. At least I got me on spies. I didn't have to stand in a crowd of people. No, that's it. That's, that's, the, main, that's the main reason I do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you were stand-up drummer, weren't you, for a yeah, lot of that? Yeah, only because I, I didn't have a drum kit at the time, and I mm. thought the easiest thing was just to cobble together a sort of minimal drum kit, and it's easier to transport around, and it's just, you know, cheaper. Yeah, no, I do like stand-up drummers. Sort of cramped yeah. a few times. Nick Knox, who sadly yeah. passed away this week, was... Yeah. Um, uh, he was an incredible drummer. Mm. I mean, he used to stand there uh, with a cigarette yeah. in the corner of his mouth, black gloves, and he didn't oh, yeah. seem to be hardly moving yeah. and just making this yeah. cacophony. Always really like Bobby, drummer. yeah, Bobby Gillespie when he was in the Jason Mary chime. But they supported the cramps the, the one time I yeah. saw them. Yeah, no, yeah. he was he was the same. But that, that was good, and I saw the Stray Cats when they first came over, and when their drummer used to stand up. Um, what's his name? Yeah, name you know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Slim Jim Phantom. That's right. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I do enjoy a stand-up drummer. No, definitely. You get I seen think. as well. I mean, the crowd want to see the drummer. They want to see guitarists. They're boring, but you know, they want to see the drummer. Well, it's the thing that's sass being a drummer, isn't it, yeah, in many ways? Because you, yeah. you're you yeah. the one that normally has to drive because you've got the, all, the, all yeah. the gear. And then you spend the, the afternoon setting it up and sound-checking yeah. it. And then uh, while everyone else is swanning off, yeah. uh, you're having to break yeah. it all down. So, so what made you do choose that, was that? Oh, I was young and naive. Yeah. I sort of been the singer where you just, like, walk off the stage and get to the bar. That's right. Yeah, to start, you know, getting all the glory. That's right. That's yeah. right. Still, uh, so let's move on to uh, to another track. We're going to play uh, Kristen Hirsch, your ghost from uh, Kristen Hirsch. Uh, another choice of my guest this week, Paul Appley, legendary Birmingham drummer. Well, international, really, I suppose, aren't you? With the uh, yeah, the, I, I, I reckon so. Yeah, I don't have to call it that. Yeah, mm. Birmingham's first punk band. Yep. We'll probably get phone calls about that. But, we'll uh, definitely get phone no. calls about it's, that. But. And to be fair to you, it does say that on Wikipedia. Yeah. And uh, no one's changed it or challenged it's it. It's on so. the internet. It must be true. I, no, I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, Kristen Hirsch, is that another of your favourites, obviously? No, I just like that song. Oh. Really. I heard it and I thought, yeah. Yeah. Do you see, do you see her live ever? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. It doesn't mean I haven't. No, no, that's true. No, that's true. No, I was promoted years ago, about thirty yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very good. So, um, so you're not doing any drums now. So, no, uh, you don't. Really. You certainly don't get the urge. I get the urge, and then I kind of remember all the the uh, not so good bits that like I was talking about just now about the you know all the hanging round, all the messing round, blah blah blah, travelling. Mm. I don't know. It's just. You know, doesn't interest me anymore. I just so. And no, it's funny. I think when you're doing, especially a sort of larger gig, when you you mm. know you got like a six thirty seven o'clock loading and all the all the trucks arrive and you're putting all mm. the PA and the lights and you think all this all this effort is for ninety minutes entertainment really. And then yeah. you've got to take it all down again. It takes another three four <laughs> hours to take it all down. So yeah, yeah. there is uh, there is an awful lot of travelling and yeah. and waiting around, isn't yeah. there? But um, but you played, like I say, you played not just with The Clash and, uh, well, you didn't play with Sex Pistols, but you played with Buzzcocks mm. and... Yeah. Um, they're one of my favourite bands. Of, yeah. They were great. We did a lot of gigs with them. We kind of, uh, yeah, we came through the Rob Lloyd connection. He, he knew uh, Richard Boone, their manager and kind of thing. And I think we we got that Rainbow gig coming up. We'd only played about two gigs. One was a party in somebody's living room that was our debut and then we played a small gig at a place called Rebecca's oh that was your first proper gig wasn't it yeah with another local band called Model Mania who tried to lay claim to being the first but I remember a story about that didn't you get bottled off Mm, well usually yeah yeah (laughs) was that what that song there was a song about Birmingham not being such a nice place and they presumed we were 
not from Birmingham. It was called, it's called, am I right? It was called Birmingham's a shithole. That's the one, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the word <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> <was> trying <laughs> to avoid using, yeah. But, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure we can bleep that out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, so I think some characters. Uh, it's a exception of, to it. Yeah, it's a bunch of UB40s kind of character all these few of them people yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. took exception to and were throwing things at us you know those glasses shattering off and all this kind of roots you know they yeah. thought it was part of the course to be honest and uh, so it must be weird though because you've done like a private party a, a gig yeah. where you got bottled off and then you're on the rainbow yeah no, we, we did too because we yeah. contacted the bus coach and they were playing locally and so Rob goes oh can we do a couple of supports because we were on with the rainbow they got bloody help <laughs> uh, okay so they let us do a couple of, and <clears throat> somewhere along the line we sort of you know, got to know them quite well and started uh, to get us on playing. We toured Scotland with them in, later in the year and blah, blah, blah. And we played uh, our first gig at the Electric Circus in Manchester, which is a, that was a great venue. A legendary venue. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, if you're Birmingham, certainly wasn't, but that mm. place was. Yeah. It was a great place. But anyway, uh, we turned up, we're supporting the Damned, I think, the Damned and the Adverts and, and us. And. <laughs> Another Endale classic, mm. which involved basically the, our first access to um, a rider in the dressing room and free beer, that kind of thing. So obviously you've yeah. taken that uh, that uh, battle and run with it, haven't you? Yeah, well, you know, it just seemed like a good idea to me. To, you yeah. Know, to, so we basically, I think, uh, at least Alan, the guitarist, uh, had far too much just doing our sets. You know, all this you know, first on the bill, obviously with, with this lot, and uh, next thing you know. Uh, Alan kind of fell backwards across the drum kit, and so the drum kit disappeared. And he, mm-hmm. he brought his line there, his guitar, and you know, he was, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's going down a storm with the crowd. I must admit, yeah. he kind of ended up uh, trying to get the cobble the drums back together. Alan ended up sitting at the front of the stage, chatting to the crowd while just strumming yeah. painlessly. I think. And, so where was that? Which uh, venue was that? Uh, the electric circuit. Oh, the electric circuit. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and after that, we became a sort of honorary Manchester band. You know, we became these kind of legends and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And they really liked us. And we cumulate, cumulated, is that the word? Mm. Finished up with yeah. us uh, um, playing on the Last Night Electric Circus, the only non-Manchester band who did, which we sort of... You know, a good one to do. That's right, yeah, there's that was, uh, 10-inch album, isn't there? Yeah. You're not I on mean, that, are you? We were recorded for it, but uh, again, it was like, oh, we don't want to be on a record, we're bollocks. Right. Uh, which, uh, I think there's pictures of the band on the cover. Yeah. But, uh, no, I bought that when it came out. It's a yeah, great, I mean, great it, it, at least a lovely electric it's circus. It's a great night. I mean, uh, the Buscocks were on its magazine's debut gig. Still Pulse? No, they were, they were on the previous night. There was oh, two right, nights. There was two nights, the yeah. actual last day, because they right. were, obviously they weren't from Manchester, they were a bloody no. band as well. But uh, the actual last night, we were the only non-Manchester. It was Warsaw so, as well, wasn't it? Warsaw, yeah. I borrowed their drum kit, in fact. And yeah. they went on to be... Uh, Joy Division, yeah. yeah. And Patrick the Postman, I think, ended it with this sort of, whoever he was, some kind of local mm-hmm. poet. Yeah. <laughs> I a John Cooper Clark as well, he was there. Was he not yeah, on that night? Or? I can't remember, yeah. to be honest. I mean, it was, you know, It's a long time ago, isn't yeah, it? it was a long time. And, but there was loads of... I mean, there was, again, another legendary lineup. You know, you got your... Joy Division, Buzzcocks magazine, debuting mm. us somewhere. Yeah. Who else was on there? But, yeah, it was sort of, it was a great night. And then, uh, like I say, we became this sort of honorary Manchester band somehow. And they, they did kind of like us. And, yeah. Uh, it's, good, it's good that you can remember yeah. it because I, I was yeah. around that time as well. And I, I uh, there's so much I've forgotten. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can only just fit so much into your brain. I don't know. Yeah. No, Maybe you've got a bigger brain than me. No, yeah. I just... Uh, 
Could be making us up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, he's actually, you're actually my milkman. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, Ernie. No one, yeah, no one will come on to that later. Yeah. But yeah, no one's sussed it yet, so I think we're no, okay. No, no, you're getting away with it. Sure. Let's listen to New York Dolls. Yeah. That's Hole with Doll Parts, and before that, uh, Vietnamese Baby from uh, New York Dolls. Two great bands there. And my guest this week is Paul Appley uh, from uh, The Prefects, Birmingham's first punk band. I'm going to keep, keep saying that because uh, yep. uh, maybe some people aren't aware. And the Nightingales and, of course, the legendary Box M Dommies. Who could forget them? Yes, who could? So uh, did, have you ever, did you, did you see New York Dolls? Didn't um, bits of them play the Hare and Hounds a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, I've seen various. I've never seen the New York Dolls per se, but I've seen various ones of them over the years. Uh, Sylvain Sylvain played at uh, the Air Rams uh, a couple of years back. Yeah, I couldn't get to that. What was that like? It was good fun. It was just him with a guitar, but it was, uh, it was good. He was a you know, talented bloke and uh, yeah. interesting knowledge. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, a forerunner of, uh, I mean, a lot of people say forerunner of the uh, of the punk scene in yeah. this country. Yeah. And it's funny how you can trace it back, really. I mean, MC, I was quite into MC5 in uh, in the sort of mid-70s mm. before the punk started, so... Yeah. Yeah, but Ramones were uh, Ramones were uh, a sort of really good act, weren't they? Before, yeah, I mean they, they were a sort of catalyst for, for you know all the punk crowd really when they first came over in summer of '76. Yeah, that was one. Rob Lloyd went to that, I think, and yeah, played the, the Roundhouse in London. And, yeah, but I mean, I've got the LP sort of that, that summer, you know, '76. Saw the Sex Pistols all the. Mm. And, but there was no record there was nothing but then the Ramones album had come out and it's like you could get that and it was just sounded like nothing you'd ever heard before I mean sounds very tame now but at the time it was like you know, you know this is uh, something new or something whatever did you play and me yeah. a, a pre-mixed uh, recording of uh, Nevermind the Bollocks some years ago it's not the same it's yeah. not the same um, production of the, the album that came out is it yeah it's, uh, it was a bootleg it's sort of semi-official bootleg I think it was recordings they had and they sort of Preferred it's the original, so they kind of released it as a bootleg. Oh, right, okay. You know, I didn't know it had a release, I thought that was something. Yeah, new. I think it's been released properly since, but at the time it was sort of, it was a bootleg, but mm. uh, I acquired one. I mean, I think it's a superior album to the, I think it came out of Spunk, something like that, you know, inevitably. Yeah. I think that was the name of the thing, and it was all. Because it's quite different, isn't it, to the, uh, to yeah. the, to the finished album? But more so like the, you know, the live act, to be honest, and more sort of. Yeah, you no, know, contrary to all that thing about the sex pistols couldn't play. I mean, they were, no, they no, were obviously clearly. Jones and Coop were extremely, yeah, yeah extremely thing, accomplished. Yeah. And, weren't and, they? Um, Glenn Matlock, I mean, you know, he was great, he was great musicians, and but somehow this uh, myth got round that they couldn't play. It was just mm. ludicrous. <laughs> no, well, I think Sid exciting. Vicious was learning on the job, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, but he was sort of after the event. I mean, the, yeah. the original lineup, they were great, you know, and it's like, but it, that, again, I mean, they were only playing, if you like, just sort of basic. Know, rock and roll, but it was just the whole at- attitude and everything that was going on when when mm. saw him live. It was like this is brilliant. <laughs> so what was I wasn't in Birmingham in seventy five, seventy six, seventy seven. Mm. So what was the what was the punk scene like then? I mean, certainly the places that I went, I went to Manchester, Manchester, Liverpool, Chester, mm. uh, and it seems to be in all those places there was probably a, a little hardcore. Maybe only even yeah. in the big cities, only twenty, thirty, forty people are actually you know, dressing the part and everybody yeah. else, like myself as well, had shoulder length hair yeah, and well, flared yeah. trousers, you know, and, uh, you know, so, so that if I've got some, I used to take photos for the music mm. press and just occasionally take a photo of the audience and pretty much all the audience looked normal like yeah. me, do you know what I mean? And there'd be yeah. a little group of, yeah, yeah I mean, is it the same in yeah, Birmingham? That, that was the same. I mean, it was, it was very minimal. I mean, there was only, in 76, I'd say there was only four punk gigs ever and I'd say that was two times the Sex Pistols played. Mm. 
the Clash played once um, at Bar- the two gigs at Barbarella's Pistols, the Clash. Um, and Patty Smith played at the Odeon with the Strangler supporting, and that was the only gigs I remember that year. There was no other. Yeah. And that was like four gigs. <laughs> and uh, it was like minimal. Like you say, just a bunch of people. There was a few like DJ Wilson and, and his mates were so, all. Yeah, Mark Wilson. They'd, they'd yeah. been to McLaren's shop in London and got some of the clothes. Yeah, he's a trendsetter, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Obviously, does the field. Yeah, he's like a god. Yeah, got sartorial god. Yeah, and I've seen photos. Yes, because Mark, Mark has got. I don't want to talk about him too much because I don't want to get big-headed. Can we talk about anything else? Yeah, let's talk about. Yeah, what are you having for lunch? But no, he's got some. He's got some quite interesting photos, hasn't he? I think he took some photos of Sex Pistols and the crowd and stuff. Yeah, did he took some of those early gigs at the Pistols and the Clash gigs at the Barbarella's Bogarts. Whatever, and uh, it's quite rare because people didn't yeah. have cameras. No. I mean, I, I did because I, I yeah. like I say, I took photos. I wish, I, I wish I'd had a camera. Yeah, these days, everyone's everyone takes photos of everything, they film it yeah. on your phone. I mean, it's, it's just uh, uh, you know, so uh, consequently, I mean, the, the scene was very small to say the least. You just see the same people at the whatever things, but there wasn't much going on, no. Really. And then when that Bill Grundy thing happened in the December of that year and it all kind of took off, then you know, it sort of morphed within a year of being like nothing to. Growing and growing, and by the summer of '77, it was sort of, it was everywhere, and it was, it was like our little secret. Yeah. '76, and then yeah. it became public knowledge in '77. It was sort of. Well, the Bill Grundy thing really exploded, didn't yeah. it? But they weren't yeah. supposed to be. It was supposed to be Freddie Mercury, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And uh, he yeah, had a so. he had a toothache, I believe, yeah. and uh, so they uh, they EMI. Uh, they were both on AMI, and they mm. uh, they put forward this new band that they had, yeah. uh, who apparently been drinking while they were yeah. rehearsing all afternoon. So what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Bands and drinking, so it's always a good combination, yeah. And live TV, yeah. live TV, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, uh, I mean, it, that got out of hand, it was just ridiculous. The, the furore the next day, I remember all that, and it's just sort of different times, though. I mean, if that yeah. happened now, no one would bat an eyelid, would they? Really, no. yeah, it'd just be so, uh, even even at tea time, really. There might be, <laughs> a, there might be a, a flurry of complaints, but yeah. also, didn't they? Weren't some of the, the switchboard was swamped, so. Yeah. I believe that uh, some of the people ringing in to complain got patched through to the green room yeah. where the Sex Pistols <laughs> were sitting yeah. and carrying on drinking. Yeah. So they were answering the phone they were answering their own the complaints. Phone. And yes, the that's people. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then causing more complaints by their replies. I that's know, right. So, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't pan out so well for uh, nah. Bill Grundy, did it? No, but, he didn't. Uh, but, yeah. His career's kind of finished there. Yeah, it did really, but, yeah. uh, but it's interesting. Yeah, but, I mean, much, so, like, yeah, much like yours will probably finish today. Yeah, that's it. Once I get going late. That's right. So let's have some more music we're going to uh oh it's, a, it's somebody else that uh, that we both know zodiac mind warp and the yeah, love reaction that's uh, zodiac mind warp and uh prime mover and a uh, tiny bit at the end of our conversation there between the song as well so, which we don't want to know no that's right no we, we really don't want to know that one so uh yeah great band uh, i promoted yep. them in the 80s they're yep. uh, a, a, a great band and uh, a lot of fun as well really yeah i thought that. yeah i thought yeah. So, you know, I met Zodiac when compared tattoos with him and that kind of thing. Oh, right, yeah. When was that? God knows. Yeah. <laughs> Can't remember. It's some years where you're against. I think the Bitter Tears were on with him and I went along, so. Bitter Tears, yeah. That's uh, that's another. That's uh, Pete Birchmore, yeah, who Pete was Birchmore. in the Nightingales yeah, and Box M Dommies. Yeah. yeah. It's like the rock family tree, isn't yeah, it, no, really? Yeah. Don't know, yeah. I wouldn't fancy uh, drawing it out, though. No, normally. No. Yeah. But, um, or living it again. So, again, or living through it again. <laughs> So what? Um, so so the punk scene was quite small. We'll talk about the punk scene in yeah. the seventies. Um, so then it, it just exploded. Uh, so certainly yeah. it did in Manchester and Liverpool. Yeah, same. I mean that's the way it appeared everywhere. You know, we, you know, every town seems to have like that 
small amounts at first and then suddenly it exploded and it was just everywhere and it just became sort of uh, to, to, to my insular way I mean I presume there's still people low you know most of the country wasn't into it but because I was only going to punk type gigs and them kind of venues everyone looked like they were all into it yeah. so, but there was loads more people and it was uh, more of a scene and that's when the sort of uniformity started coming in with all the inevitable leather jackets and everyone needs to look like Sid Vicious or this that and the other mm. and did get a bit sort of uniform and towards the end of 77 I was kind of losing interest in it in a way and, and sort of thinking wanted to do something that wasn't you know, I was still liked all you know, the music this that and the other but uh, I just felt it was morphed into this sort of um, like a fashion, fashion scene you know with, with everyone looking the same by 78, 79 well, I used to get my clothes from um, Oxfam, which yeah. uh, in those days you could get a, a really nice, uh, you used to get like a, an evening jacket, 50p, mm. or you could have, um, I, I hilariously had a, a tail coat, yeah. uh, which I paid 50p You're for. Still it. Yeah, still, yeah, I, still it's good, it's good a... wear. I mean, it's quality <laughs> gear, I tell you, because uh, th- those would be clothes from the yeah. probably 40s, 50s, and yeah. at, at latest the 60s. Mm. But, you know, you could just go and kick yourself out for a quid, really, yeah. from Oxfam, I mean, yeah, if you were mean. I, wasn't, I was never yeah. going to buy leather jackets and stuff mm. like that. But um, I remember we were in, I was at art school in Chester and we had we used to have parties in our house mm. and uh, the, the sort of 20 or 30 Chester proper punks always used to tag along and come to the, uh, they were a lovely bunch but they, they never brought any beer and they mm. just come because we used to make home brew so that they could have a drink which was really it, we put far too much sugar in it, it got, I don't know what the strength of it was but uh, after one party I said look we've got a party in a couple of weeks time can you try and bring some some booze. Uh, and they turned up with loads, bottles of whiskey, bottles of vodka, cases mm. of lye. I thought, absolutely fantastic. I thought, brilliant, stick it over there. And uh, closely followed by the police. They just smashed the off-license window <laughs> and uh, helped themselves to everything. <laughs> but they were drinking along the way and throwing the cans out. So it was a trail oh, of cans from the off-license yeah, to my yeah. flat. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's a true punk spirit, though, isn't yeah, it? Really? That's it yeah, that's yeah. it. And when they got out of prison, we all had another party. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it worked out just well. celebrate, yeah. yeah. Should we listen to some more music? Oh, go on, Lynn. Uh, so what did we say we're going to do next? We're going to do, oh. Lady Gaga, or mm-hmm. uh, Lady Gaga, as Frank Sidebottom used to pronounce it. <laughs> that's uh, Lady Gaga, and uh, Born This Way. So that's, uh, that's again, again that. probably not, you know, uh, a lot of people might not think that was uh, one of your favourite tracks. Yeah, but... Uh, no, you've got a wide, you've got... Wide repside of mostly female artists, it seems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somehow, I don't know that happened. Yeah, no, we've got quite a lot to, to come up, haven't we? Yeah, uh, oh yeah, some, some classics. So we're going to do uh, the next one. I think we're going to do is yeah. uh, Kylie Minogue. You've seen her a few times, haven't you? Oh yeah, over the years. I saw her in a small club in Manchester only March this year. Yeah, so that was quite interesting. How big was that? Was that about four, five hundred? Five hundred. Five hundred. A couple of special gigs she did for, uh, for the hardcore for fans. the hardcore fan, yeah, ex-punk yeah. drummers yeah. and hardcore fans. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what yeah, venue was that in Manchester? Is that a new the one? The Gorilla Cafe or something? Right. Gorilla, not the Gorilla Cafe in Kings. No, 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 no. <laughs> the place in Manchester. It was, it was a nice place. Yeah. Small, it was sort of like hay and hounds, big room size yeah. venue, basically. That's amazing, isn't it, really, yeah. to play yeah. that? I, I yeah. love it when, uh, you know, yeah. massive acts play little venues like that. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. And I saw her a couple of weeks back at, in London doing uh, a duet with Nick Cave. So for all you... Uh, what venue was that? Musos, uh, the Victoria Park. All oh, right. Um, some kind of east, I don't remember what the name of the thing now. Yeah. Nick Cave, Patty Smith, uh, St. Vincent, things like that. And yeah. Psychedelic Furs. Psychedelic uh, Furs, yeah. Bunch yeah. of people. Yeah. Ian Jury's son was on. Baxter Jury, yeah. I saw one, yeah. him uh, with <coughs> Noel Gallagher a few weeks ago, mm. I think last month. 
But, uh, yeah, it's good. Of course, Marie, we talked about earlier, plays in yeah. Box and Doms, is a big fan of Baxter Jewelry. Yeah. So I've seen, seen him at um, Coco in London. Yeah, I didn't get it at first, actually, because he does sound a little bit yeah. like his dad, doesn't he? Yeah, so I think once you get that out of your head, it's uh, mm. he's, he's, uh, he's really good. I think trying to sort out a date for him in Birmingham as mm. well, which would be good. Uh, I should actually say nice things about him, shouldn't I, just in case someone points to I love Baxter Jura, <laughs> absolutely. Can't wait to, to see him in Birmingham. Yeah, but to reduce costs. Yeah, that's it, yeah, that's definitely. So, uh, let's, should we move on to, uh, to Kylie Minogue? Yep, go that's uh, Tori Amos and uh, Cornflake Girl. Uh, another of uh, another choice of my guest this week, Paul Appley. Uh, should I say legendary drummer with the Birmingham's first, first punk band yet again? Yeah, keep uh, keep repeating that. <laughs> so, uh, have you uh, have you seen Tori Amos live then? Yeah, several times. Yeah, yeah. She's a very uh, entertaining and uh, talented artist. I would suggest. Yeah. You do get around a lot, don't you? You do go to go to a lot of gigs. I like to get out and about, you know, yeah. see people, see bands. Yeah, I'm still still interested in music, even if I don't partake. Want to? Yeah, I still like to watch bands. Yeah, I like watching proper bands with instruments and all that. Personally, <laughs> with a drum kit and guitars and all that. Yeah, not that, not that I watch guitarists particularly. No, no, no. <laughs> but drummers always interest me to watch. And, yeah, that's it. So, what do you? Uh, yeah, I suppose it must yeah. be. Uh, you got professional interest in. Yeah, that. well, you know, professional eye. You know. Yeah, right. Yeah, they so got a trombonist as well. That's a bonus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how many bands do have a stand-up drummer and a trombonist? Uh, none. No, you couldn't do. You couldn't do both at the same time, could you? Really? Probably could have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, so, who you got? Who are you going to see? Who have you got coming up? Have you got a... um, nobody. Uh, at the moment, I uh, can't think of anything. No, okay, that's uh, a good. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's all the festivals coming, up, the local festivals coming around with uh, various people. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing Jimmy Cliff at uh, at the yeah, jazz, festival. jazz festival. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, I've been wanting to to see him for many years. So uh, yeah, that should be good. Yeah, and um, of course, Luna Festival as yeah, well. That's another uh, one. Right? Yeah, I was talking to Jerv yesterday. They've got some some good uh, surprises coming up. So. Lovely. Yeah, if you haven't got your tickets for Lunar Festival yet, uh, definitely go. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great one. You yeah. go to that, don't you? I see you down there, there. Yeah. Uh, stumbling around. Yeah, yeah, stumbling around. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I like, I like that because it goes on late as well, doesn't it? Because it's in the middle of nowhere, yeah. no neighbours, yeah, so it goes on till yeah. three in the morning. So no, they're, they're good uh, festivals. I'm sure does a good job. He does, and yeah, Carl so. and uh, and John, well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, uh, you know, one I know. So. Yeah, <laughs> have to name check them all. Yeah. Oh, Shan, mustn't forget Shan and Gordon. Yeah, everybody that's involved in the Lunar and the Jazz Festival. So yeah. We're lucky, actually, aren't we, living yeah. so close to places like that? So uh, let's listen to some more music. Let's have uh, The Modern Lovers. Yeah. That's Chris Isaac. Um, I'm naturally speaking like this now. I feel we should be doing the uh, early morning shift. That's uh, Chris Isaac for all you late night people. I could do that, can I? I could do a late night show. You think? Yeah, yeah I've got the voice for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Chris yeah. Isaac. Whispering Dave Trump. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, never thought about that. Yeah, my. <laughs> Might do the rest of the show like this. Oh, I don't good, know. Yeah. What do you I thought it as well. Yeah. So oh, well, I'm getting distracted. Yeah. <laughs> quite. Go on then. Uh, so that's Chris Isaac, and uh, you're obviously talking in uh, the background now is my guest this week, <laughs> Paul Appley. I'm not going to yep. say the rest. I've said it too many times. Um, mm. Before that, uh, Modern Legendary Lovers, drummer, Legendary drummer. Yeah, of Birmingham's first punk band, unless yeah. you know difference, as yeah. they say. Um, yeah, uh, Modern Lovers. They're uh, Chris Isaac. I never, never sort of massively go into Chris Isaac. No, uh, I mean, apart from outside of that song, that's the only song I'm aware of, isn't it? Just like it, so there you go. He must like have done it. others. I'm sure he has. Yeah, he? he wouldn't do yeah. one. Say, that's, yeah. is that, you got any more, Chris? No, I'm just going to mm. do it. Yeah. Might do it. Yeah, just do the one. Mm. Um, but, uh, 
But there you mm. go. But modern lovers, they're uh, they're a great chance in Richmond. He's yeah, uh, yeah very talented He's very Japanese. Talented. I did prefer the modern lovers when it was a, a band before he before Jonathan went kind of solo with all that sort of ice cream in the supermarket kind of thing. I like the earlier stuff where he was trying to sound like the Velvet Underground. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I promoted him some years ago as well. He did uh, He did the whole tour on his own mm. and uh, he travelled between venues uh, on, on coaches. So he just had his guitar and a rucksack yeah. and uh, just sat in the dressing room drinking coffee. Just, he didn't, I saw him he didn't as a drink. two-piece with a stand-up drummer. Is that right? Yeah, just him and his... Should have done a show with stand-up drummers, couldn't we? Yeah. We'll have to compile a list. That yeah. might be a good idea, actually. Yeah. yeah in fact, we'd need at least 25 and quite a lot of talking now, wouldn't we? So. Yeah. yeah. I'll get on the case. I'll, I'll sort it out. Too. If you could. Yeah, yeah. if you could. Yeah. Well, do it now. I've got a piece of paper okay. and a pen. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Start straight away. <laughs> so uh, so what's next? Uh, Cats and Jammer. Yep. It's not... Uh, what's the story here? They're a Scandinavian band that's uh, quite entertaining. But, uh, have you seen these live? Several times, I think they split up now, but uh, they were good. I mean, they played there. She had a what's it, a balalaika bass guitar that's this massive, big kind of balalaika, you know, yeah. triangular thing, you know, what they, they look like. Yeah, played one, but they all swapped instruments around and played various instruments and that kind of thing. And that's yeah. very, that's, very entertaining. Is that showing off? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I never felt the need to go from drums to trombone in the same. No, just, but yeah. you could have done. I could have done, yeah. So, you so, know, uh, look on the bright side. Yeah, I was as talented on either. Yeah, that's it. Let's listen to Cats and Jammer. That's uh, Cats and Jammer. See, a less professional DJ a bit caught out by that, wouldn't they? Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, or presenter. Like, like you were. Uh, no, I wasn't, no, no. I just, uh, yeah, I did open my mouth, but nothing came out. I've ruined it all now, haven't I? Because it's... Uh, yeah, you've given a secret to us. Yeah, edit that, oh. producer Paul, will you? Yeah, because it's... Uh, it, it almost sounded quite swish, and then I just had to point out the mistake I made. Yeah. But, you know, that's life. Probably, probably true punk spirit in it, really. Well, that's it, yeah, that's that kind of day, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's pretty you couldn't have brought your drums in. You could play stand-up drums over the top of these uh, these links, couldn't you? You could have asked, but... I didn't think about it. I just thought that's quite a good idea, really. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could have stood up for two hours. Though. No, obviously not, no. no. But uh, but Cats and Jammer, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I've not, not heard a lot by them before. No, they're... Uh, what was I think they're Norwegian, something like that. And, yeah. Uh, four piece, which uh, with various interesting instruments. Like, you know, they use that kind of thing and uh, yeah. play that kind of that stuff kind like of you thing. Just heard. That's it. Yeah. We're going to move on now to uh, another track because we've got quite a lot of music. It's quite yeah. a varied uh, yeah. list as well here. And uh, Opry Sports uh, handed me. We're playing this off uh, CD as well. That's a bit old school. Yeah, Your boys there, yeah. ready to play, aren't you, Paul? Yeah. But I'm going to talk a little bit longer. Yeah. Oh, so not quite now, no. Um, Featuring Mick Farron on vocals. Yeah, this, this, this is amusing me, but it's really poor radio, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get cracking, this is Deviance. That's uh, Robert Gordon, and uh, before that you heard The Bastard Fairies and The Deviants. And uh, all of them were uh, choices of my guests this week. Paul Appley, uh, who's a uh, drummer, drummer in the first punk band in Birmingham. <laughs> there we do, we did it one more time. And uh, we sadly come to uh, the end of our time. It's absolutely flown by. But uh, thanks ever so much for coming in, Paul. Yep, well, anytime. Yeah. yeah, well, come yeah. in. Why maybe do the uh, stand-up drumming in between? Uh, yeah, the stand-up drumming list. We could do name that, that tune. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Actually, yeah. I'm not joking. That might be a good idea. Except, obviously, people will have to yeah. phone in and... No I'm busy that day whenever yeah, it is. Yeah, well, I'll give it a go myself. <laughs> but, um, but thank you very much for coming in. And we're going to finish on... Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.